2: Jacob Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
3: Jake, you're a Swifty. You should like this version. I do And you're like also a song. George Michael fan. You're also a huge Wham guy.
2: Sure. It's all right. I like <laughs> Taylor Swift. George Michael and Wham, you know, they have their place. Yeah, they have their place. Atop the Mount Rushmore of, a, what,
3: an adult contemporary? <laughs> yeah, that's What, about what, what right. was
2: Wham considered yeah. in the late 80s? Something like 90s. that. Early yeah. Uh, ben, you may have heard... Uh, but I amazingly predicted Rudy's 2020 game. I last did. I night. saw Tim Lacombe on Twitter. I don't follow you on Twitter, but
3: I do follow Tim, and Tim said it. No, you just don't. Uh, you don't post your takes necessarily. No,
2: I'm a I'm a radio guy. Yeah, that's yeah. But you know, social media is. I I am of the age where Ben. I think like if I were a couple of years younger, I'd be way more into computers social media are, all that stuff i'm in that weird last gasp of you're like right on the edge of are you a millennial technically
3: technically but technically, barely but like the least millennial you have right. you have more gen x i think in you than you do millennial yes i made it
2: i made millennial by a couple of months yeah
3: but you really do kind of have more of a gen x right. feel to you yeah thank See, you megan. megan agrees
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. and i, I think, think megan you and i are both pretty firmly millennials Yes. Yeah. You're I a didn't. Little younger. Like, I didn't get my first cell phone, and man, I was I was a pager guy. Hold out till the end, uh, till I was like probably pff, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a laptop in college. I was one of those. Like, huh. I said, blue books were still a thing when I was in college. So, I don't know. I, I I'm not as engaged in social media and like my personal life either. Right. I'm just not. Right. It's just not a huge thing for me. It was never tied into, like, your social
3: no. platforms. The way it really is. I mean, we call it social media. Not everyone does it for the social aspect of it. But now, as a younger person, it is fully tied to everything you do, everyone you know, it's how you
2: communicate, etc. You never really had to rely on it that right. much. Right. Like, I, I come from the age when you still had to be at home to get a right. phone call. Right. Uh, I was going to... Encyclopedias from like grossly outdated encyclopedias to write papers in, you know, like the mid 90s. But what made you think Rudy was going to get a 2020 last night? Because he hadn't had one all season. Honestly, my logic isn't exactly how it played out. Okay. But the Hornets are dreadful rebounding the ball. The worst and the worst defensive team in the NBA. Right. So those were really my two reasons, and they didn't have anybody who was going to really bother Rudy all that much. And usually when the Jazz offense is popping, that means that Rudy's got a lot of shots at the rim and the other team has to adjust. So I thought maybe Rudy gets out there and eats a little bit, and uh, the Jazz end up scoring 150 points, right? Which is not how it panned out at all. I was kind of right about them getting the ball to Rudy, but instead of him getting a bunch of dunks, the Hornets fouled him a ton.
3: I was happy to see that the Jazz, after the failure on Saturday against the Wizards, where they just neglected to give him the ball too often, they were just not willing to make some difficult passes to get him the ball when he had nobody between himself and the hoop, but the Wizards were kind of fronting him on some of these roles to make sure that the Jazz would have to throw a difficult pass to Rudy, and they challenged him, and the Jazz didn't respond, and that's good coaching from Wes Unseld, but the Jazz made a point To get Rudy the ball yesterday, and then, like you said, the way Charlotte defended him is they tried to trap the pick and roll. So they always had a big out there. And then they tried to bring somebody in from the corner to guard Rudy, and that ended up being LaMelo Ball, who fouled out. I mean, they put him at the free throw line 16 times. Yeah, and he made 15, He made 15. He was incredible. Career high for him. Uh, But, yes, the way they played defense also beckoned the Jazz to give Rudy the ball, and it was successful.
2: I kind of thought that that would be it. But he did, obviously, I would never have predicted he would have gone 15 or 16. I mean, mean, I'm pretty proud of my 2020 prediction, Ben, considering he's only done it six times in his career. Correct. But, um, yeah, you knew he was going to go out and dominate the boards. Like, I mean, the Jazz are a good rebounding team for one reason and one reason only. That's because Rudy's a really good rebounder. One of the things that has to happen, which is really funny to look at these numbers. Let me pull
3: this up and see if this is accurate, because I'm pretty sure it is. So the Jazz finished with... Uh, okay, they did. It. it was 68 rebounds. I mean, that's a ton of boards. Incredible, Because everyone shot so poorly last night. It was an absolutely horrendous game. Brickfest. Uh So the Jazz ended up shooting 35%. It's the first time in three years they've shot below 36%. I mean, that's how rare it is to just even shoot that poorly. They've done it 86 times historically since 1974. So that's going back to New Orleans. Uh, they've shot below thirty six percent eighty six times. They've only won the game seventy eight times. So, or I should say, they've only won the game eight times. There you go. They're eight and seventy six all time, including last night in uh, in games when they shoot less they than thirty six. One seventy eight. That would be that'd be yeah. Never shoot amazing. well. That's yeah. the best <laughs> winning percentage in NBA history. Yeah, they they only win. They've only won eight games in their uh, eighty six outings when they've uh, shot that poorly. So.
2: To back that up, how about this one? Uh, Tyson Ewing sent me uh, this one last night. Uh, they had 68 rebounds. It's the most rebounds in a non-overtime game in franchise history, wow. or at least going back to 1977. This, this never shocked ones. me. They had 22 rebounds in the first quarter.
3: Yeah. 22 rebounds. I mean, there are games where there's not 22 shots in the first quarter. I mean, I was feeling pretty good about my prediction.
2: Yeah. After that, by the way.
3: But, I mean, look at the horrendous shooting. And I can pull this up. I'll pull up. Rudy was riding a very long stretch of games when he'd shot better than 50% from the floor. But even Gobert shot 4 of 10 last night. Royce O'Neal was awful shooting the ball one of nine and didn't hit a shot until the last minute and a half of the game Donovan Mitchell was seven of 20 which is not the least Donovan Mitchell like stat line but he was two of ten from the three-point line Mike Conley who's generally mega efficient was four of 13 shooting Joe Ingles who's usually a good shooter was two of seven Rudy Gay was two of 11 I mean just
2: everybody everybody had a truly bad shooting night it was it was pretty shocking and it feels or it felt like to me anyway that the shots were there because again the Hornets defensively are rough yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, and it wasn't happening uh, for the Jazz. But the good news is, though, and Rudy talked a lot about this in the post game. They uh, they buckled down defensively. This was their best defensive performance in a couple of games because Charlotte offensively is really good. And it's not like they shot the ball well. Ben, thirty eight and a half percent from the floor and fifteen of forty three from three. So it's it's not like they were extremely efficient either. Last night snapped Rudy Gobert's
3: streak of games shooting fifty percent or better at sixty four. Which is huge. I mean, that's yep. an incredibly long it's very good. stretch of just saying, yeah, he just shoots better than 50% every game, which means you've got better than a one-point-per-possession scoring average, which is why he really is viewed as like one of the most dangerous offensive weapons in the NBA. It doesn't mean he's one of the best offensive talents, but his ability to score efficiently is a, is a great skill for the Utah Jazz, or is a great weapon for the Utah Jazz, so his ability to go out there and do that is pretty remarkable. 64 is a crazy streak, so to see that end last night, and the Jazz still find a way to win, actually is very good. I also was a little surprised after the game, talking to everybody about how well they thought they played. And I, I get it. Charlotte only scored 102 points. they the number 2 offensive team in the NBA. That means you're doing something right. But it was incredible how bad of a first quarter Charlotte had. The Jazz still blew a 22-point lead. Sure. Charlotte did not shoot the ball well either. Charlotte only shot 39% for the night, so they were under 40%. They had, and they only finished with 13 turnovers, but man, the number of times they simply just threw the ball away by throwing a goofy pass, and some of that is because the Jazz defense forced them into making some bad passes, but the number of unforced mistakes Charlotte I thought made last night was shocking. I didn't think the Jazz played as well as they celebrated in the postgame, but I recognize that they fully needed a win, and they didn't play well either, and you'll take that where you can get it.
2: They felt good about it because
3: they played hard, Ben. Yeah. Honestly, I mean,
2: I'm sure they felt good about it because they went out there and and poured a bunch of effort into it.
3: It's funny you say that term, played hard, because I asked Quinn Snyder about this specific thing. You may have heard it yesterday Uh on the pregame show because last week De'Aaron Fox went on this pretty epic rant that was, I'll call it a tirade, in fact, it was filled with expletives about playing hard versus playing sharp. And we've talked about this a little bit. Everyone plays hard. That's how you get to the NBA and you play hard when you're there. But if you're not sharp... You're not doing anything right. And sometimes I do think the Jazz mistake the two. Sometimes the Jazz run really hard and p- overpass and are flying around the court and overclosing out on defense, and they're not doing the little details, which is spacing the right st- place, standing in the right spot on the floor, executing at the right timing. Like Some of those issues are off for the Jazz, and I actually still thought a lot of those were off last night. I did not think they were terribly sharp
2: on the offensive end. Sure. Well, you, you certainly can say that. I mean, the stats bear out what you're talking about there. And find out a way to grind out a victory. Though win is win, and Charlotte's really good offensively. Yeah, and they weren't really good offensively last night.
3: No, they were they were bad. But Jazz and, were part of that. And Rudy was awesome, and it helped to not have uh,
2: Gordon Hayward out there certainly. But they, you know, the Jazz have to find different ways to win games because it's it's you know they've got this kind of Ferrari offense kind of thing. And teams just aren't going to let it be that easy when it comes to, in the, you know, when you get down to the playoffs and teams have time to scout you. And, you know, if, if Rudy can win an ugly game for you by going 20-20 and 20 and you play some sharp defense, you're going to need that quiver in the, you, you know, you're going to need that in the arsenal. We Sorry, talked I mixed about up that. my metaphors there. No,
3: we, we talked about that. I mean, we, we talked about the Jazz win games when it's easy. And the nice thing is they're so talented, a lot of the games are easy. Right. But they don't win a lot of the hard games. At least they haven't so far this season so when they found a way to get a win like last night uh that was extremely important you know what i'm looking at this rudy gobert this might have been the i think rudy gobert was the all-time leader in streaks of players shooting above 50 64 according to stathead.com which is a great service is the longest ever in nba history uh the next closest is deandre jordan at deandre jordan at 40 so he was
2: more I mean half again more that surprised me because I thought honestly the answer to that would have been Shaq right I would have thought so too and I'm glad to hear you you have that nuanced uh, take about Rudy because not only do I think you're accurate but I've had this long running argument for years with friends about whether or not Shaq was good at basketball dominant yes yes Skilled at basketball? No. Certainly had some
3: talent. I mean, you know, we can remember him in the 90s. I, I used to watch Inside Stuff. That was like the way you could watch uh-huh. basketball. There was no the jump or whatever. Uh, and, you know, I remember the highlights of him going coast to coast. He could certainly pass the ball a little bit. Obviously never learned how to shoot. Not, and didn't have any of those abilities.
2: I'm not saying he was Carrillo Fasenco. Freakish
3: athlete. You know what I mean? Really, His spin moves, his feet were pretty good. But his best weapon was that he was seven three and 310 pounds and could jump. Ran over, folks, and dunked. Yeah, and liked it. And liked it. Maybe the best thing about Shaq was he kind of liked basketball. I actually don't think he loved basketball because he was never in shape. Like, he could have easily been the greatest basketball player of all time. Right. Most dominant, certainly. He could have had conservatively eight titles if he had cared more. He really let himself get out of shape. You know, didn't try that hard in a lot of games because he was so big. Right. Right. He kind of did the I'm so big I don't have to develop some things, which I is understandable. It worked. He won five titles or four titles. he won four titles. A three P with the Lakers and then one is one in Miami. Uh, and I, in my opinion, was the best player on all every single one of those teams, including in Miami with Dwayne Wade, was better than Kobe, was certainly more important than Kobe in all those championships in LA. Uh, but probably easily if he had taken care of himself and really cared and had the work ethic of a Carl Malone or a Kobe Bryant, some of these guys who have really put in the time in the off season he could have been the best basketball player of all time. Because he was the most... At his peak, he's better than any
2: player I've ever seen. But not at basketball. He was dominant, yeah. Listen, if he would have shot foul shots, he would have been unstoppable, period. End of story. The only way to stop him was fouling. And so if he could actually have developed some skill and shot foul shots... Then he would have been the most dominant basketball player of all time. But I'm not going to call him the best because his skills were not the best. There are far, there are other basketball players that were far more skilled.
3: Correct. Lots of guys. And you don't have to be that skilled if you're that big. That's the nice thing.
2: You know what your skill is that you're so big, running over people. Yeah, and dunking. Them. That does not take skill, Ben. That takes mass. Yeah.
3: Correct. No, mass I think you're right. is not
2: a skill, Ben.
3: I. Sure, it's a genetic luck, you know, but it's like I said, playing hard. Yesterday we had this argument, is playing hard a skill? Some guys have it, some guys don't. Is that something you're born with or is that something you develop? I think there's probably a lot of different ways of it. Now, size is obviously not something you develop, but an ability and a desire to want to play hard. I mean, I remember Rudy Gobert, his kind of first breakout performance in the NBA was in Minnesota, and he came in late and he just started dunking everything. I was like, oh, there's a difference when a guy wants to dunk the ball. Not every big guy wants to dunk the ball every time they catch it. And now it's kind of funny because even Rudy, some of the complaints is like last night, he's like, you missed four dunks. (laughs) Like there were times when he tried to go up soft and he should have gone up and just dunked on the smaller opponent, even though he still leads the NBA in dunks every year. It still feels like at times he could do that more. But that was kind of the first obvious thing about Gobert of why he might end up being a good offensive player is because he wanted to dunk the ball every time he caught it. And he still tries to most of the time. But you're right. That was Shaq ended up doing.
2: Shaq. Yeah, he it's interesting. I wonder if a Shaq, somebody and truly, he was more athletic than anybody that size has ever been. And and I'm not trying to wholly discount Shaq here because he was certainly a unique player. I wonder if he came along again if the NBA would be forced to change.
3: In what way? Like the rules or the way the NBA no, most, like the most way most rosters teams
2: look. Don't even have a center.
3: Oh, I, my, my, one of my theories on the NBA, and I know we've been meandering here, I apologize. One of my theories on the NBA, which I very strongly believe, is the style of play is dictated by the best player in the NBA. So, you had Michael Jordan and everyone wanted to have you know, guards and types of guys like that. And we kept looking for the next Michael Jordan, which is where Kobe Bryant came from. But then, yes, Shaq comes in and you have to, every team has a Greg tech. There to. was thirty Greg Ostertags tags in the NBA right. just to guard Shaquille O'Neal, and then LeBron James comes in, and, and everyone's talking about playing small. Well, what we did is we just needed to have guys who were super athletic, and you don't have guys who are seven foot two and that are that athletic. So you need a bunch more six foot seven six to six foot ten guys like the Rudy Gays of the world. They can go out and move their feet, and and that what that ends up developing are the Jason Tatum's and the Jalen Browns and those types of the Gordon Haywards, the Paul Georges, like these types of big forwards that are there to try and mimic some of what. LeBron James can do It's Just is, and now it's going to be Steph Curry. And the weird thing about Steph Curry, which is funny, is that it's way easier to find the body type of Steph Curry. It was impossible to find Shaq, but you found thirty-seven footers who were stiffs to gum be in the NBA. It's really hard to find six-foot-nine athletes. There's just not that many on Earth. Now there's a bunch of really good six-foot-three people, and you're already seeing these guys coming in the NBA. They're doing it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a ripoff of Steph Curry. I know it doesn't seem like that because he dunks, but you look at the way he plays basketball right now when he's taking eight or nine threes a game. I mean that's a rip off of Steph. Trey Young, Dame Lillard, all of these guys are a rip off of what Steph did, and that's what the entire next generation of players is gonna look like until there is a counterbalance of the next Shaq body that comes into the league. Yeah. And make no mistake, there will be another Shack and the league will stop doing some of the stuff it's doing now because everyone's going to need to have a seven footer to guard this one player. And it's just gonna it has to be that way. That's how the league works, but that's fun. Like I said, you can't solve basketball, and that's what makes it so enjoyable.
2: The dunk will always be the best shot in basketball. Yeah, layups and dunks. I mean, you know, the, the nerds can come in and and break down how important the three is, and, yeah. and I get it. It is. And it is. But the dunk is still the oh, best Oh, Donovan shot.
3: Mitchell passed up a layup, was on top of the rim, and kicked it out to Royce O'Neill. It was a horrible play. Yeah, Royce O'Neill got an open three. He missed it. But you had two points. You're not getting two points per possession right. on your threes on on an open three because you're not shooting sixty percent. And your odds of getting fouled on
2: a dunk and
3: going to the line anyway,
2: yeah, are high.
3: And then even if you're Rudy Gobert, who's not a great free throw shooter, you're still getting what sixty five percent of the free throw line, maybe even at seventy percent. And then you're at one point four points per possession. You know, like it's very, way still way more valuable to be at the rim. The Jazz shot thirty seven total free throws last yep. night. That's How why. The they, that's sh- why they won. shot basically none. Right? Nine, nine. That's that. Yeah, that was the difference in the game. Crazy yeah. to win a game by ten when you outshoot somebody by
2: thirty from the. I mean free throw that in rebounds. They had sixty-eight to fifty-one. Yep. And then thirty-seven free throws to nine. That's the difference in a game that they didn't play well. But that's the. I mean, man, we're bringing lots of lots of different takes here together. But uh, I mean, that's why you have to win games like that. Yep. If you're truly a great team and you don't have it, you still have to figure out a way to win.
3: Defense, rebounding, dunks. It's good to have games like that, too. It's good to be able to go back to that game and say, well, we won this game this way, and we're going to have to come back and and figure out how to flex that muscle once again.
2: All right, uh, Ben, we want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. It's the fifth annual Black Friday sale. It's been extended through December at Davis Vision. If you're tired of those contacts or glasses, get LASIK now. Save $1,400. Limited spots available. Act now. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call 801 Two five three thirty eighty. 253 3080 that's 801-253-3080, uh, it is the Road Home Radiothon, it is going on right now, uh, we're getting the word out, tell your friends, 801-819-7300, 801-819-7300 is the way you can donate, you can also go online, theroadhome.org. And uh, donate. Um, the Zone Sports Network Twitter account tweeted out a link. Uh, I think uh, we both retweeted it, Ben. We're trying to make it uh, as easy as possible for you to get in and uh, donate because we need your assistance right now. Zone listeners so far have donated uh, twenty thousand dollars, so that's a pretty good start. The leader right now, X ninety six, who we've got to catch, Ben, we'll catch him, is at forty three grand. So we've got some work to do. We got some work to do. So we need your help. 8018197300 and of course we are very competitive but uh, the donation is what matters yeah. the the help so uh, let's get out to the zone phone joining us now the chief deputy director of the road home she is Michelle Eining with us here on Jake and Ben Michelle thank you for uh for a few minutes we really appreciate it how are you
4: I'm well thanks absolutely thanks for thanks for having us
2: so we were just talking about this. Give to give our listeners kind of an idea of uh, you know when they donate. We talk about it a lot. That really, there's no donation too big or too small because you guys make every donation go a long way.
4: Absolutely, I think in this hour we're actually having a triple match um, through the Huntsman Foundation, and um, so every don every dollar is is tripled that you give. Um, right now, we're looking at about thirty two dollars a night, provides one night of emergency shelter for an individual. Um, but you know five, ten, two dollars will take it 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 all helps. it all counts and it all is tripled during this hour so.
3: Uh, and we've talked a little bit about this. I mean, it it, it is getting more expensive. It's getting more difficult uh, in some of these ways to, to, to help people when they need it right now, especially when it's cold outside. So so the donations right now, especially if you can triple them, are, are more important than ever. And then, yeah, I mean, you look at the weather forecast and it, it's fun for a lot of us who get to spend the holidays, you know, getting to choose where, where we're going to be staying and get to go out and play in it. But some people don't have that same option.
4: Absolutely. It is getting colder out there every day, um, and anything we can do to get folks inside and warmed up and get their basic necessities um, is really helpful.
2: You know, we what you do, Michelle, is is extremely hard. You're dealing with, you know, real life stuff with, with people who are going through the, the worst parts of their life. But how rewarding is the other side of it? We talk about the road home. How rewarding is it for you when you see a family who, who you know, gets back to where they need to go thanks to just a little boost when they needed it the most? That's got to make your heart feel good
4: absolutely it is it's absolutely the best thing you know i've I've been with the road home for twenty seven years um and can't imagine calling anywhere else home or doing any other kind of work you know it 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 feeds our souls to to help um get people in out of the cold and get people back into housing as quickly as we can um every Everybody needs to be in a home every child every you know all of them they need to be inside.
3: So you did talk about you know thirty was it thirty two dollars gets somebody in for the night and provides them. The night. Can you talk us through what that night looks like and the services provided and what they have access to and, and exactly how this money really does help somebody in, uh, in a specific night?
4: yeah absolutely. um you know that that covers that helps with our staffing costs. It also you know it gets somebody inside. We have the staff done there to assist them, case management, help people with housing housing programs, help people fill out applications and get in touch with landlords that are that you know work with our populations um but folks get access to food and health care options and laundry services, showers. You know, all of those things somebody can come inside and, and get when they come into the road home.
2: Maybe folks want to donate some goods. You know, of course, uh, financial donations are are always great, but uh, you guys need a lot of stuff, including, uh, you know, coats, socks, that type of, type of thing, right?
4: Yep. Coats, socks, underwear, those are always, you know, anything that your folks, that you, you need to keep warm, our folks need to keep warm um, and just to live their daily lives. So, yeah, those very basic necessities Socks and underwear or is one of our greatest needs um, in all sizes, from, you know, children to, to larger
1: adults.
2: Michelle, thank you so much for, for jumping on with us, and, and truly, thank you so much for what you guys do. Uh, it, it's amazing, and it's a pleasure to be a part of this event this year.
4: Absolutely. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate you.
2: Thanks, Michelle. Uh, bye-bye. That's uh, Michelle Eining, Chief Deputy Director uh, for The Road Home. You can call and donate, 801-819-7300, 801-819-7300, or go online, theroadhome.org. Or uh, if you want to donate in person, 529 West, 9th Avenue in Midvale, 3380 South, and 10th West in uh, South Salt Lake. But as she said, you know your uh, donations are getting tripled right now. So
3: $30 basically helps uh, somebody get off the, the street for the night, especially at these kind of brutal temperatures that we have in Salt Lake City. So 10 bucks right now during this hour will get you up to $30. And as she talked about, it's not just you know, a warm bed for a night. It's it's all kinds of very critical services, uh, health care, food, laundry, a shower. I mean, all, all sorts of things to just, you know, help people get back on their feet and, and get to where they're looking.
2: 801-819-7300, 801-819-7300, or Top three stories KSL sports.com Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake and Ben. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone to you Jake man that's all I want for Christmas my friend I like this song but I will be glad when you, Christmas you music are is real no Scrooge. longer a, crazy. a theme it's on it's the crazy show it's you are uh, let's hey, let's find out what coach thinks about that uh, it, it, joining us now let's get out of the Smart Rain special guest line he's the head basketball coach at uh, at Weber State oh we don't quite have him yet sorry I thought we did my bad we're going to talk to Randy <laughs> Ray here in a minute We'll ask him if he's into Christmas. Yeah, sure he is. Christmas music.
3: You got to recruit. Don't go into a house recruiting and say you're not into Christmas. You're not going to get the kid to commit. That would be my number one
2: recruiting chip. Are you into Christmas? Are you into Christmas? Because I am. I love Christmas. (laughs) See, I would guess that most coaches are not all that into Christmas because it's right during the season. Yeah, and it's tough to be fully invested in Christmas. I would guess when you're a basketball coach.
3: It's, I mean, football is the same way, right? You know, college football, you've either got a bowl game or you're not with your players because your season has ended. So it's a little bit hard to, you know, be necessarily dedicated to it or know what to expect weekend or year in and year out. But yes, you're right with basketball. There is a, uh, there's a, you're always running through the season. So it's hard to be like, yeah, we're really going to step away from the game and focus on the the Christmas spirit.
2: Well, I tell you, it's, uh, working with Tim as he's uh, Tim LaCombe, Jazz Pre-Off and as he's uh, stepped away from coaching these last couple of years. Just see him like truly enjoy the holidays yeah. is really something because he's he's so into it because he gets to be fully invested with his family and he gets to do all that stuff. I mean, it's it's one of those things that goes with the job, and I'm sure coaches understand it. But when well, we it's talked about
3: Chiesa, and you know, kind of the way the Jazz used to do it, a Jerry Sloan like being on the road before Christmas, the pre-Christmas road trip because he liked there was a lack of distractions. Right. You know, you were on the you couldn't be worried about some of the other things. But I mean Gordy Chase said something like he hadn't been home for Thanksgiving for 20 years. I mean, something right. crazy to never have Thanksgiving, you know, with your family. It's a it's a big sacrifice.
2: Uh, so let's get out to the uh, Smart Rain special guest line. Joining us now the head basketball coach at uh, Weaver State. He is Randy Ray. Coach, thanks uh, as always for jumping on with us. How you doing?
1: Yeah, doing fine. How you guys doing?
2: Hey, we're great. We were just talking about Christmas and how coaches approach it. And I'm not a huge Christmassy guy. Ben is, so that's kind of our, our little conflict. But how hard is it to be, or I I guess how hard is it for a coach around the holidays, because you're still working after all?
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of tough, you know, to find that balance, right? I mean, you know, we, uh, we're going to try to give our guys three days off. We do every year, uh, but it's, uh, you know, then... You know that you got to come back and get ready for conference play coming up, and um, you just got to be able to put it behind you for a couple of days and try to enjoy the family. But it's difficult. You know, you feel like you always got something to do, right? I mean, you got to get that film washed, you got to get prepared, get your guys back, all that kind of stuff. So it it, it kind of never leaves your mind, to be honest with you. And it's and it's not and it's not good because you know Christmas is time with your family, and you need to be able to put aside everything and really dive into it and enjoy your family. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try really hard to do that this year.
3: Looking at your schedule right now, you're coming to the end of non-conference play. Another good game against uh, Fresno State coming up here uh, on Thursday night. Coming off of losses to Utah State and BYU, How, w- what are those types of really tough games? Kind of these these really hard tests. W- what do you see from your team when you emerge from that? What improvements come out of those types of things? And, and you know why there's a, a value to, to scheduling those games.
1: Well, you, you, we always do that. I mean, this has probably been my uh, our most difficult or high, you know, competitive good opponent schedule since I've been here from top to bottom. I think it's the toughest one we've had, and, and we do that on purpose. I mean, you know, if you feel like you got a team that can handle it, and we got an older team this year, and, and you want to put them through difficult situations, and when you play these high-level teams, and, and all three of these last teams we've played, Washington State, Utah State, BYU, they're going to be NCAA tournament teams, and so, what it does, it exposes you. Exposes what you got, uh, what you need to improve on. Uh, you play against really good players and good teams. They kind of find their we- your weaknesses, and then you're able to go back and improve those weaknesses when you get ready for league play. And and that's why I think it helps you so much uh, getting ready for conference. But but it's been really good for us. You know, we want to win them all. Uh, we know how difficult this stretch has been. But uh, but we also got to keep everything in perspective and understand we're going to try to win every game. But if you don't, let's, let's really stick together. And, and what it does, too, it tests your, your togetherness. And, uh, you know, the teams that are, are truly together and have that genuine togetherness and, and really the love for each other, they're going to get through this in a lot better shape, and all of it will come back to us. If we just stick together, figure out what we got to do to get better, it'll all come back to us eventually.
2: I know last week uh, I know last week was tough, and uh, of course you're saying uh, right there you're you're trying to win every game, but you do now seem like in a unique circumstance to comment that college basketball seems to be pretty good around here this year
1: it really is yeah the state's good and uh, everybody's got a really highly competitive team top to bottom and it's been fun you know and when you play the in state schools you know you got to bring it to to have a chance to to compete and it's been really fun that way, and it's fun to see everybody else having success, you know, um, But, uh, but it's, and it's been good for our team. It really has. But I'll tell you this, around college basketball, everybody's got – the parity is at an all-time high. Uh, the transfer portal has allowed everybody to have good players, and uh, there's uh, – on any given night, no matter who you're playing, where you're playing them, you know you're going to run into good players and good teams, and you've got to bring them, and you've got to be ready to play. And that's the beauty of it. That's the excitement of it. You know, there's there's very, very few gimmies out there anymore. So
3: you've got a week off, uh, as we mentioned, before Fresno State or after Fresno State, before you get into conference play. Does that feel like a separation of seasons? I mean, do you start gearing up for then in-conference play and what you have to do and what you have to accomplish there? And do you look at it big picture like that, or do you still have to take it game to game?
1: Yeah, well, you, first of all, when you get finished with your preseason, like we'll be done on Thursday uh, with Fresno, it, it's kind of like a clean slate. All right, this is everything we've done to this point has hopefully prepared us to get into conference play and play well. And so, you know, you, you can't live in the past, and we don't. You know, we're going to move forward, but you can learn from the past, and that's what we'll try to do. But when, when we get back from Christmas and get ready for conference play, you know, we got 18 conference games coming up. It's a clean slate, and we've got we to gotta approach it that way. And what is, what is our strengths? What is our weaknesses? Let's improve upon them, and then let's dive into conference play with both feet and go get after it.
2: Coach, this is this is kind of a, a random question, and maybe I've asked this uh, to you before, but uh, you know, sports radio, we we fix all the world's problems, right? When it comes to the world of sports, and we talk about it. But one of my hot takes <laughs> has always been: I wish the regular season champion would get the automatic berth in college basketball. What do you think about
1: that? I'm a big proponent of that too. I, I've, I've always thought that. You know, it's it's. Uh, the true conference champion is the one that's done it throughout the conference season, you know, night in and night out. And when you get to the, you know, the leagues like ours where you got to win the tournament, it's uh, anything can happen. You know, anything, a, a, an injury here or there, you know, at the wrong moment, you it can take you out of a conference tournament. You know, the conference tournaments end up being the luck of the draw. Who, who's the healthiest? You know, we've gone into uh, the last couple of years into the conference tournament where we didn't have a bye week for nine weeks, and we played all the way up until the conference tournament. and And now you got to try to keep your team healthy by playing two games every week for nine weeks, and and uh, that's part of it. You know, you just got to deal with it. But you know, and other teams have to deal with the same stuff. But but yeah, I like that idea. I think I I I, I would be fine with that. You know. We've been in both sides of it, where we've won the tournament and and made it to the NCAA, and we've uh, been on the other side of it, where we've won the conference season, regular conference, and, and lost in the tournament. So, uh, But I do think the true champion is the one that's done it week by week.
3: Fresno plays Utah today. Is there value to watching that game in person? Are there plans to do that? Do you just watch it on TV, or do you wait for kind of a traditional film review?
1: Well, you can't watch it in person. I mean, you, you can't go like I can't go down there and watch the game tonight. Uh, you know that's illegal to scout live. But no, it's uh, we'll, we'll, I'll be watching it on TV, and and that's that's perfect. You know, it's, and all of our guys will be watching it too. So it'll give them a good feel for what we're going to see on uh, on Thursday. Really, really good basketball team. Highly talented. They're going to be uh, they're going to be an NCAA tournament team as well. And uh, they got a pro in the middle. You know, the, the Orlando Robinson kid is is uh, is going to be a first-round draft pick. But they got a really good team. It should be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a really good ge- game down at the U tonight.
2: Well, Coach, it's always fun for us to talk to you. Thank you uh, for coming on with us, and uh, good luck. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to to you and your squad and your family. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you
1: have a good one. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Merry Christmas to you guys as well.
2: Thanks, Coach. Thank you very much, Coach.
3: Isn't that funny? It's like, yeah, you can watch the game on TV live. You can't be there in the building. <laughs> Why? You know, what's easier to watch film
2: than yeah. scouting a game right. in person. He should Bobby Valentine it. throw on throw the, mustache the, the, the mustache and the mustache and the glasses. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. Hey, it's not me. My name is Andy. Andy, yeah, <laughs> uh, man. But it does seem like college basketball in in the state. Is pretty good this year because I think Weaver's pretty good and they had a couple of tough losses to yeah, Utah State and uh, and BYU BYU going through some stuff with some injuries to their bigs. You know we'll see what they what they do about that. But and and Utah's in the building process. We'll see what they can salvage out of a season. But I I think you know BYU Utah State and Weaver State are pretty good clubs. You no,
3: know, and uh, Gonzaga has not been everything they were built up to be no. before the season. So uh, maybe BYU steals one of those wins. BYU's done a lot in their preseason, their non-conference play, to put themselves in a spot to go to the NCAA tournament. And we knew they needed to get some of those big wins. But maybe even in in conference, you're going to be able to get another top 10 win against a, a team like
2: Gonzaga this year. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben. We'll wrap it up. Get you ready for Hanson Scotty next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, Ryan from The Dish Professionals. And Ryan, if uh, folks out there aren't getting the games they want, they're doing it wrong. And that's why it's great you guys are here. You're local, and you can help folks get the programming they need and upgrade that technology as well.
5: That's what we like to do. And, you know, the neat thing is is you get one phone call to us, and we can help you with either Dish or DirecTV. And we're not really biased in the sense that uh, we're biased about what you need. Um, cause we understand I've done this for, uh, well, 20 years, it'll be, um, you know, a couple months and a happy customer is a customer that gets the programming and the content that they want to watch. So if you sign somebody up on the lowest package, but they're not going to get the channels that uh, they specifically like to watch their games and so forth or you sign them up with a provider that doesn't have the channels that they need it's it's not going to be happy customers so happy customers is what we're after so if you call us up and you say okay this is what i'm after i need this channel i need to watch this i need to watch this we're going to line up whether it's dish or whether it's direct tv is going to be the best solution for you now as far as uh, equipment we'll tell you what's available what has got the best equipment what's out there great promotions um, each provider has fantastic promotions, but it's really cool because it's a no-nonsense. We guarantee flat out you'll get the very best price and the very best offer. Um, we'll have you installed as early as next day, which means you're right now. It's not too late to get done before Christmas. And uh, I tell people, if you got a brand new TV system getting set up and you're going to hook it up to that old glitchy receiver that doesn't work cro- properly, that's really not a great idea. Call us. Let us put you on new customer promotion, get you set up with the new offers. Um, there's a two-year price guarantee with Dish with credits for two years, free movie channels. You get the award-winning Hopper, which auto-hops commercials, and Netflix and YouTube are built in. Or you've got DirecTV with a great NFL uh, Sunday ticket offer for the rest of the season, movie channels, huge credits for the next year. Plus, um, there's even some very neat gift card options out there that you when you get set up, and you HBO Max. Um, I think tomorrow um, they're releasing the new Matrix, which is on HBO Max. So if you have it, you can just watch it at home and you don't have to pay to go to the theaters. Call us today. I can have you installed today or tomorrow. Uh, best price, we'll throw in dinner at JCW's. It's easy, 424-DISH. 801-424-3474.
2: Thanks, Ryan. 801-424-DISH. 801-424-DISH. More next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs>
6: Christmas. It's the best time of the
2: year. I don't know if there'll be snow Jake and Ben, 975 You don't need to be that big of a trooper <laughs> It's just radio Jake Scott, Ben Anderson it's, We're very important, Ben Don't we're sell us show important no. It is hot in here, though It's warm and it's making Megan a little bit nauseous so. It's hot we're in too. the producer's studio Usually it's normal in the producer's studio Is your door studio.
3: open? Yes, the door's open.
2: Okay, yeah. We had to prop our door open, too. It's so 1,000 degrees in here. It is warm.
3: So. But, you know, whatever. Oh, the thermostat, thermostat says 68. It's not 68. Closer to what, 85, you think? It's definitely 80. 80. It's definitely 80
2: in here. Yep. Yeah. Closer to that than 68. A certainly. lot, yeah. Yeah, certainly that. Uh, well, Well, hang in there, Megan. We, we don't have uh, long to go. Hans and Scotty are, are coming up next. It is the Road Home Radiothon going on right now. Of course, uh, our complaints mean nothing because there no. are people out there actually too warm. dealing with uh, with uh, real stuff in the worst uh, you know worst stretch of their life, and they need a little bit of a boost, and that's why we're here every year to to help. And when I say we. I'm really speaking for our listeners cuz they do they 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 do it all. So do, uh, donate 801-819-7300 or you can go online theroadhome.org that's theroadhome.org and uh and you can donate and help somebody out uh, this time of year. I know I I have a uh, several friends I I know I think David James did this when his kids were younger uh that uh, take the kids down to to donate and and Show the kind of other side of things and do yep. some service and volunteer and all that stuff. And I think it's so great.
3: It's honestly one of the best days of radio, if not the best day of radio we get to do because, you know, we, we, we like helping you through your work day and we, you know what I mean? We, we enjoy talking to everybody and, and having that conversation, but the opportunity to truly help people and what our sometimes very dire situations and kids specifically that we've talked about you know you you talked about seeing the school bus pull up to the shelter and all the kids who who need the service and it's an absolutely incredible essential service and you know we've this has been 21 months now we're talking about unsung heroes in our society and the road home i mean the people we've been talking to have been working there for 27 years i mean they have been heroes for 27 years honestly changing people's lives saving people's lives being the absolute last line of defense to help people who need it more than anybody. And you can help us right now uh, help those people as well.
2: 801-819-7300 or go to theroadhome.org. You know what? Uh, just an example of what people can do because they can take uh, hard goods and things like that, uh, you know, underwear and coats and gloves. Uh, we, uh, of course, we we buy diapers in bulk uh-huh. because you, oh, you go through a lot of diapers. Correct. And, uh, of course, we bought the size. I bought, like, Two boxes of the size that Maggie was just about to grow out of. And so we were left with a bunch of extra diapers. You know what I did, Ben? Went on down to the road home. It's great. Because they need diapers. Diapers. Big time. Yeah. Underwear, Wipes, socks. All that, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's just, you know, sitting around collecting dust yep. or, or or something like that, you know. Take it on down to the road home because they can use it.
3: But if you're doing out doing some last minute shopping, you know a lot of a lot of companies right now will throw in a ten dollar gift card here or there for something. You know, if you you spend thirty or forty dollars, use the ten dollars, get some diapers, get an extra pair of underwear, whatever you can, take it down.
2: Ben, are you excited for some Tuesday afternoon football? The NFL? Shh, I was weird last night. There was the Raiders game was on at what like three p.m. Yeah.
3: four p.m. And yeah, now Tuesday, even stranger. Two I, games on at three o'clock. I'm just trying to gear up for the fact that we are going to have an irregular schedule coming up for sports across the landscape for the next little while.
2: Well, hockey shut it down. Hockey shut it down till after
3: Christmas, and they're going to start testing again after Christmas. So
2: I think the NFL is going to push it through at all costs, and it looks like the NBA is going to do the same. You feel differently though. You think uh, I think
3: by mid-January the NBA is going to have some very serious a very difficult time trying to fill all these spots. Mm-hmm
2: all right it is the road home radiothon 801-819-7300 is the uh, number to call let's get out to the zone phone we're excited about our next guest she is the executive director of the road home joining us now she's michelle flynn with us on jake and ben michelle thank you for jumping on the show with us and thank you for all you do
6: good morning jake and ben thanks for having me we so appreciate your support
2: Well, hey, it is our pleasure, and and Ben and I were talking about this. Uh, You know, we have fun jobs, and we talk about sports, and hopefully we help our listeners get through their day. But this is the most important thing that we do every year because you guys maximize every single donation, and you do so much good uh, right there on the front lines.
6: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. It's certainly such a special day, couple of days for myself and our other team members here at The Road Home to just, feel the love and support from so many people in the community, and certainly your listeners have always been tremendously supportive um, to help us do our work, and, you know, last night we had 792 people in the shelters that we operate. Um, I don't think sometimes people don't realize the number of people that are experiencing homelessness in our community. That includes um, 81 families with 163 children. And in addition, um, we support people in housing, so we're really focused on being there for folks, but then also helping them get back into their own home as quickly as possible.
3: Yeah, I think so often and it's a win. It's a huge success if you can get somebody you know a warm bed and shelter, especially with the with the weather that we've got coming up and really the coldness throughout winter. But it is about so much more than that. It isn't just about one night; it is kind of a long term program to get to get people set up to to take care of themselves.
6: It really is. And our case managers are so good. They know all the resources in the community and work incredibly closely with lots of partner agencies that can provide those kinds of support services. So when people move into their new apartment or their new home, they know where to go if they need a little extra food support or how to you know, ensure that they can get some after-school help with their children if, if needed. Whatever it is that people need, um, it's really great that our, our team can be there and help them make those connections.
2: I heard uh, I heard you jump on with DJ and PK this morning, Michelle, and, and I had not really thought about this till I heard you mention it. But you know, the costs of things in the crazy world that we live in today is going up, and I know people see their property values going up of their homes, and you know that's probably good news to to most folks. But it just means that your costs have also uh, increased to do the work that you guys are doing. Meaning, man, donations are are as important now as ever.
6: Absolutely. As as everyone I think in the community knows, our housing costs have jumped dramatically. And um, that means our dollars that we have to pay for things like rental assistance and deposit assistance, are stretched to cover, you know, as many households and really the the resources and the donations that we get in today and tomorrow are, are going to provide that help. They're going to help us uh, support families and veterans and others that are looking for apartments and going around and paying application fees and then, uh, you know, paying things like double deposits sometimes in order to secure apartments. That's the the crazy rental market that we have right now.
3: And you do have—I mean, really—going on all day. But I, I know we're in the last couple of minutes of this hour, there there is an opportunity to get your donation matched.
6: Absolutely, we have such tremendous supporters. Uh, the Huntsman Foundation is is matching up to a million dollars over these two days, and so every dollar that gets donated will be doubled.
2: Wow, awesome, unbelievable. All right, the number to call, 801-819-7300, or go to theroadhome.org, theroadhome.org, 801-819-7300. Michelle, thank you for all that you do. Thanks for coming on the show, and, thank, and thanks for uh, letting us be a part of it.
6: Thank you for being part of it. We appreciate it. Have a good holiday. Thank you. you.
2: Too. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, Michelle Flynn, uh, Executive Director of The Road Home. Again, that number to call, 801 819 7300. Want to remind you to join Hanson Scotty coming up tomorrow at Larry H. Miller uh, Jeep Dodge Ram in Riverdale from noon to 3, 1481 West Riverdale Road. Ben, uh, enjoy your afternoon, sir. I think we should do it again tomorrow. I'm going to see you in a couple hours. Oh, yeah, I've got a photo of the Got to be looking pretty, Ben. You look. You're already looking pretty. I'm looking great. Look ready. I am ready. Ready to go. That skyline debate high school
3: sweatshirt from a 1999 has aged remarkably well. It's only 22 years old. This it's is
2: photo ready. This is my go-to sweatshirt, Ben. Yeah, I, I can have tell. A, I have a hierarchy of sweatshirts. Oh and yeah, this is number one. The oh, one yeah. I wore yesterday was number two, the zip-up olive one. But yeah. This is this is number one and it has been old for one has been for 22 years, Ben. See you tomorrow, Jake. (laughs) See you, buddy. Thanks, Megan. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there.
5: It was very cold.
0: There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors?